0: Howdy, folks. I'm Dylan Poydevin. And I'm Alec Adelman. And welcome to the Year 2 Podcast, brought to you by the Battalion and our good friends at Hidden Creek RV Resort. You can find them at 5780 State Highway 21 East and Bryan. Escape the Ordinary at Hidden Creek RV Resort, where they provide guests with all of the amenities you'll need to enjoy a truly luxurious RV resort experience. From their resort-style pool. To their cabins, they provide guests with a stay that is anything but ordinary. To learn more, visit HiddenCreekRV.com or call them at 979-778-1200.
1: And I'm Alec Adel, and we're your source for everything Texas Aggie football. In today's episode, we're going to have our assistant sports editor, Brian Bass, join us again. We're going to recap the Clemson game, and we'll talk about Lamar as well as Deshaun Corbin.
2: What's going on, everybody? Yeah, this... This Clemson game was something else. I think we had a very high set of expectations going into this game. It was a very winnable game. It was more winnable than we thought it was going to be last year, but yet, yet last year's game was closer. What really surprised me is that I, I don't think that Kellen Mond stepped up to the, uh, to the you know, to the big stage, to Mm -hmm. those expectations that he is supposed to be living up to. It actually looked like he had regressed Mm -hmm. as a player as opposed to last year's game where he put up 430 yards and, uh, you know, an X X number of of touchdowns. I mean, he just looked – he did not look confident. He didn't look like he was making Mm -hmm. the right decisions. Um, He wasn't using his legs like he was supposed to, even though he was cramping for a bit. But, yeah, that's what what surprised me is I don't think that – the offense lived up to the uh to the hype.
1: Yeah, that that's also what worries me is our rush offense as well. We both of our rushers had under sixty yards, and then we lost our starting running back, Sean Corbin, and that hamstring injury you, you were talking about it earlier this week. Yeah, they, it's it's it's, it's seg- a severe injury. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm it's, not gonna it's, say it's what's... A very severe injury. And it's not something that it's not a typical hamstring injury. He's he's gonna be out for the season and. I know that if our rushing attack is not there and Kellen Mund is one-dimensional and there's nothing but pressure on Kellen Mund, I mean, we saw it this past weekend. He's he's not so – we can't rely on him to play great every single game. And unfortunately, that that just is what it is. And so I think it's really important that Isaiah Spiller steps up. And our our offensive line is massive. We have a big offensive line. We just need to get them playing well. And – I think that'll help Kellen. Mudd also.
0: Well, what I can say, with all the negatives that we saw in the Clemson game, a positive that stood out to me was the A&M defense. Um, this was a team that only allowed three touchdowns to Clemson, and call this a hot take, if you will, but I do believe that is the uh, lowest uh, score that Clemson will have all season. Um, we only allowed Trevor Lawrence one passing touchdown. Uh, we picked him off one time, and uh, pretty much the only scores we gave up were uh, they, they were expected for what you would expect versus a team like Clemson. I uh, was really impressed with the, uh, what you see the, improved, the improvement still coming out of the secondary. Like I said, we had that interception versus Lawrence. Understand a had seven turnovers or seven interceptions last year in the whole season. Well, within two games, we're up to five. That's something that I'm really seeing as a promising sign I think our rush defense did a great job. we shut down Heisman uh, contending running back Travis Etienne um, their second string running back was really the guy who gave us more of an issue and even then on the ground they weren't that they, they weren't dominating us in a way that you might have saw or you might have come to expect also in the second half the Am defense really did pretty much shut down the Clemson offense. So I think defensively, the uh, Aggies are truly going to be a formidable force this season. I think that uh, if anything, they are going to be the highlight of the of the team versus which side of the ball is truly the better side. And I think that it's really going to come down to the offense to make sure we give the defense those breaks that they need. Because when our defense is going to be rested, our defense is going to be healthy, they're going to be a force that I don't think too many offenses in the nation are going to be able to compete against.
2: Yeah, Mike Elko has done a really good job with that secondary. I think that's been the biggest source of improvement from last mm. season is how, you know, this Mike Elko, that's a he's a secondary coach by trade. Right. Like that's 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 his thing. And that's something that we were all looking for going into this season is okay, you know, they were really, really bad last season. Let's see how they do getting into this season. And I mean, they're going into this with a younger secondary unit, which is even more surprising. Like, wow, they're doing better with, this, with a younger overall mm-hmm. unit. But, you know, Ro- Ronnie Elam has done, yeah. has made the biggest improvement of them all. You know, I mean, he already has two picks in the first two games. And he said that, you know, in his press con- in the press conference here um, on Monday, he said, you know, I, w- I want to get one every game and i'd be i'd be surprised if he doesn't i mean if you're picking off Trevor Lawrence and you're picking off you know guys from Texas State which is more of a pass offense as well there's going to be you know if he's able to make a pick every game you're going to be looking at a special season for him so and i yeah. think
0: uh, when it comes to Elam how you were noting how we have a, a very young rather inexperienced secondary um i think it's great to see that we have someone like Elam who's a little bit older who's able to go in there and kind of give the unit that leadership that they need. And I also think that it speaks to what Jimbo is able to do recruiting-wise. The fact that you are seeing these young players come out and are making such an impact so uh, quickly in the season, you're getting to see that he really did pick the right guys, that Mike Elko really knows what he does or what to do with the talent that he's given. And I think that's uh, that, that speaks volumes to the coaching.
1: Yeah, and also, I liked what we saw from our linebackers. It was on many occasions during the game that Buddy Johnson or Anthony Hines came in, filled a gap, and they looked explosive. It, I was really liking what I was seeing from Buddy Johnson because he, I he he's a mainstay. He's he's going to be a force on our, our defense. And Anthony Hines looked athletic, and you love to see that. You love to see our star-talented our star, recruits playing like how we know they can play. And also in that secondary that I think is also getting improving, Miles Jones. He had a great game in, uh, against Texas State. He had two interceptions. I think last week he had a good game too. I saw him make a few pass breakups. And, you, you know, there's only so much you can do against T. Higgins and Justin Ross. They're all American mm-hmm. wide receivers. And what we saw was all American wide receivers making plays, making contested catches. And that's, that's all we can ask from from our secondaries. Make it tough for them, contest the ball, be there, and we I feel like they were there more times than not. There is that first touchdown pass where he, uh, Trevor Lawrence rolled out he rolled out, he created time, and that happens you know that even the best secondaries in the world whenever the quarterback breaks out of the uh out of the pocket. It's it's gonna be hard to keep up with the receiver.
2: It, you just got to be able to if you're in the secondary in those you know in those situations where you're rolling out, you gotta be able to locate where those receivers are at, especially if they're way downfield because you know yeah. that's gonna be their primary target. Duh, so it's difficult. Yeah, it's so difficult. I mean, it's it's really difficult, but I mean, it's you know I know Elko is really emphasizing that hey hey you know. Don't be looking at the quarterback if you see all mm-hmm. right if you see him rolling out first sign if you've seen him rolling out you need to go locate those guys and mm-hmm. just make your you know run your bud down there as fast as you can mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, you know, even those those situations I just said those I mean that's extremely difficult to be mm-hmm. you know to you know it's really hard. just generate that you
0: know and, and get that going And I think when you see it uh, in the secondary as uh, fans and everything you have to still understand that this is a young unit. This is a unit that was ranked, I believe, 107th in the nation last year, 98. 98th yeah, 98 of, was one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 98th in the nation last year. And uh you got to understand that they're still going to make plenty of mistakes. They're going to be far from perfect, but at the end of the day, the improvement that we've seen thus far, and I think it's credible improvement because we had to play number 1 Clemson in Death Valley. So I think that it's credible improvement, and I think that uh it should be something that fans look forward to in the coming years because that is an example of what we're being fed right now with the idea that Jimbo Fisher in the next uh, possibly two to three years of his tenure here at A&M will make us a national contender. You mm. need to see that improvement start coming, yeah. and definitely when it comes to the secondary so far, you are seeing that improvement.
1: It's going to have to be incremental. you know. We were hoping maybe to see something... Last week we saw something last year, so we had high expectations, and I still think that our defense played well. But what it comes down, what it came down to, to me, was our offense and Kellerman not able to get going. Like Brian said, he didn't look comfortable. He didn't look confident, and you know, I don't know if it's a confidence issue, but I definitely felt like it was a comfort issue, and it made sense. It's Saturday at three o'clock in Death Valley in the heat. Of just the beginning, and he of September. was cramping up. It, it was hot you saw Calzada, Calzada.
2: was was warming up there. I mean, just yeah, to add to your point, he, there.
1: he was cramping up. It was it was a tough, not not just because it was Death Valley, but the setting, the temperature. It was over a hundred degrees on the sideline. It was. I feel like that played a part into Kellerman not being comfortable, even though he plays in the Texas heat and he's accustomed to it. It's, I feel like that still got to him, and I think that was the story of the game. Without Kellen Mond completing throws that we've seen him complete, it, it was tough.
0: Yeah, I would say with uh, what I believe with Kellen Mond is I think in him you have a truly exceptional and a truly talented guy under center. With that said, and this is going to be important in his development, will he be able to arise to the occasion when the big games are on the line Will he come out with the with the confidence that he needs? I, I think that's really his problem. I think that sometimes Kellen Mond will go out there, and it's weird because you don't always see it versus necessarily the big teams. Mm-hmm. Last year in Clemson, he throws 430 yards. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Huge game for him. Then he, but you also see numbers against LSU. and then but you also see games like last year versus Auburn, he struggles versus Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. This year versus Clemson, you, what I'm seeing from him is I, I think his uh, confidence uh, varies from week to week, and that's something that I think is going to have to be seen from him in his development. Will he start getting that edge that he needs to go out there and not just the small games? or even some of the big games, but in all games, go in there with an edge, with an attitude of knowing that he mm-hmm. has the talent to go in there and win big games. I think
1: I just realized, and before I wasn't sure if it was a confidence issue, and I it may be a confidence comfort issue, but I think it's the way he plays on the road. Think about it. Clemson last year at home played great. LSU at home played great. Both of those secondaries are talented secondaries. Even though LSU wasn't the best uh, in As fit as they've been in years past, they're still very talented SEC secondary. That's a talented SEC secondary. And then they didn't play well against Auburn, and that was a road game. Didn't play well against Mississippi, that Mississippi State, and that was a road game. And then Clemson, that was a road game. And then Alabama last year too. Yeah, it was Alabama, but he didn't. He didn't look he what we saw against Clemson he wasn't was he was very that, similar to what he we saw the team really
0: struggled with in the Alabama game last year. You can't really pin it on him. And yeah, I think that's a great point. I didn't even really think about that. Maybe it's just that Kellen Mond in his development needs to go in there and be able to face face opposing crowds. Yeah. Face the pressure that comes with taking on another team at their house. Mm-hmm. And what And what I will have to say is that development's going to have to come soon because A has huge games this mm. year on the road. Luckily, we knocked out a big one in Clemson. Uh, our next Athens. one that you could say is a big one of the Big Four. Luckily, comes at home versus Alabama, but uh, of course, make no mistake, Alabama is still Alabama. Mm. Um, so it's going to be important for him to get that get that comfortability in in road games because, like you just mentioned. He's going to have to travel to Athens to play Georgia. He's then, going to have to travel to Death Valley at LSU. Mm-hmm. This it's going to be vital to him to have that edge. To know he came out earlier in the uh, in the preseason saying that he was the best quarterback in the SEC. Well, what I'll have to say to him is I truly believe that you have the talent to make that claim, but you have to have the confidence go in there and back it up
2: yeah i think one of the main factors that a lot of people are forgetting too is that how how well is he settling in in those games and how fast is he settling into those games is he not settling in or is he not getting settled in quick enough i think that's the problem i think he hasn't been able to get you know in his element just really calm down and able to you know make good throws make the right decisions know when to roll out and run um Mm, yeah. In those games, I think that's something that he'll have plenty of opportunities to do before he has to go out and play Georgia and LSU I and mean, especially that game with Ole Miss will definitely be a good one to, you know, be able to ease your way into. I mean, that's a great that's a great game to, you know, to test that yeah, out cuz you're going to need you're going to need that and I mean, Ole Miss isn't a, isn't an easy place to play. Yeah, either. it's a difficult
0: crowd, but luckily it's a uh, Ole Miss as a team from what we're seeing right now, or they're struggling. So I think, like you're saying, that's a great test to go in there and ease his way against home or against opposing yeah. crowds. Just here.
1: get settled in. And, I mean, as soon
0: as you get settled in, gets, you start making the. Right he's passes.
1: been more settled in at home, and you know, I felt like yeah. last year Mississippi State was not a, as talented a team right. as we were, and he didn't get settled in there. Just how, I think, how, I how does that think translate? I know? think it's playing. I think. Playing on the road, it, it's, that, it's, that, it's that's difficult. That's definitely what it is. He doesn't get settled in on the road. Yeah, he he gets settled in Kyle Field. Yeah, just home. trans.
2: I just, I mean, I understand it's a home field. You got a hundred thousand yeah. people behind your back every game. But I need you know sense. make that translation over to those uh, those road games. How do you get settled in there? I mean, those uh, because those are going to be just integral to how he, this team finishes the season, yeah.
1: especially in Athens and in,
2: And he's going to need that. This year especially, I mean, this team is gonna have to be a little bit more pass heavy because they wanna get Isaiah Spiller in here eased in quicker himself. They wanna be able to you know get him acclimated to starting refs, which is what he's gonna have to start doing in this game, mm-hmm. which is really important because Jay Sean Corbin will not play for AM the rest of the season with that hamstring injury, which he did have a successful surgery earlier today, is what I have read. So right. that's that's really good for him. That's something that he really that he really needed. Um, and this team really needs going forward.
0: What I will say is, uh, yeah, it's a big question at running back. Will a true freshman be able to come in there and lead the Aggies to uh, success down the stretch? And uh, I am excited to see Isaiah Spiller. He was a highly touted recruit. Um, Jimbo Fisher, we've been talking about it throughout the week here at the uh, office here at the battalion, but Jimbo Fisher – has been very high on isaiah spiller um it really speaks volumes when your coach unprompted will sit there and say i really have faith in this guy well it's going to come down to a test later uh this weekend he's going to have to take the reins himself i think it's a good opportunity seeing as we're playing a an fcs team in lamar uh but will Isaiah Spiller, especially with his inexperience and everything, be able to lead this team? Uh, what do y'all guys think? I think he has the potential to,
1: but I think it starts up front. He's going to need holes. He's not. I don't think he'll be able to create space like we got accustomed to seeing with Travion Williams and a little bit of flashes with just Sean Corbin. I think he's going to need a lane. But uh, he's explosive. He's fast. We saw that against Texas State. We saw it a little bit against Clemson. We're, we're, I think he's a slash runner. I think he's a, a cut, get it cut, straight up the field. And I think that's what we can expect from him. And if our O-line can, can create some holes, we'll be good. And so, yeah, I think it all comes down to what our upfront offensive line what they create up front for Isaiah Spiller I think if he if they if we're able to create holes it'll be a formula for success with him
2: yeah I think you know there's a reason why he's in this position right now as a true freshman I mean this mm. guy's extremely explosive mm. as you said before and I think he's got a really good size for a tailback I mean this guy's like 5'10 looks around 215 220 pounds you know for for a guy at this age to be at that physical stature is yeah. significant that's pretty similar so, to Travion I yeah think. it's. I mean it's pretty it's pretty sim- yeah exactly it's pretty similar to Travion and you know those guys are able to really punch those holes mm-hmm. so I, I think that as long as his development is good and he really needs to be able to get acclimated to this as I said earlier this he's really got to get acclimated to this offense mm-hmm. quickly because Auburn is next week this is a top 10 team now yeah this is a I mean that defense and that defensive line doesn't mess around mm-hmm. you got to. You really got to make as much as you can with every single snap that you get in this game. And believe me, he will. He will get the ball as well as Jacob Cabote, who yeah, is yeah, his, important. and he is the second guy. And Kellen said that you know, oh yeah, this guy is really, really competitive, really talented. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's been waiting his turn. Guys, been, yeah, exactly. Guy's been waiting his turn. How will he get into this? Uh, you know, get into the rotation as well. He hasn't played since Northwestern State last year.
1: And, and I do think it's very important because. I, even though we're probably going to be a pass heavy offense we have great wide receivers on the edge and Kellen Munn has shown potential to make those throws. I think it's important we get the running game going. I think it's important. I think that's a way we can we can get Kellen uncomfortable. comfortable. Mm-hmm. If the running game's going then he we don't need to rely on him too much. And I think if we can have him spell and come in and make big plays and not be when we need it but not be the consistent reliable uh, de- uh, down and down a uh, force on our offense, I think we can get, you know, a second and four and a third and four situation. I think that'll be good for Kellen Mond and we'll see better results.
0: Well, speaking of Kellen Mond and the run game, it's important to understand, you know, he's a dual threat quarterback. This is a guy that can beat you not only on the, or through the air, but on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, especially with Sean Corbin being out now, I think we might start seeing a little bit more of uh, Kellen Mond on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not come obviously this weekend against Lamar, try to keep him healthy, but in big games, uh, we have one coming to college station in two weeks with conference play, starting with Auburn. Um, you really might start see, uh, Jimbo start adjusting his game plan to allow Mond to unleash on the ground more mm-hmm. and getting back to, uh, Mond and in the passing. Uh, I'd like to ask y'all, uh, what did y'all think of the receivers this weekend? Personally, uh, while a lot of the criticism falls on Mond's shoulders, I thought the uh, receiving core had just at least should share equally the blame. Um, I believe uh, I think Jimbo said that they uh, had a, he counted seven drop passes. Um, it seemed like when Mond, who who was obviously off his game that day, when Mond gave the receiving core something to work with. They didn't help him out, and in the and, and in the pass side of the offense, if both sides aren't clicking, you're, you're you're going to see exactly what happened versus Clemson this week. You're going to see, just essentially, we're going to have to do everything on the ground. Now we have talent-wise, one of the best uh, one of the best receiving cores I believe in the nation. Yeah, that's something that many analysts believe. That's something that I think the team believes. Um, so it's going to be time for them to show to show up. Um,
1: I think one thing that was a little disappointing was, you know, Kendrick Rogers definitely was not at full health. He's still not at full health. And that when he does come and finally start playing fully healthy, that's going to be a nice treat for our offense. I think what also disappointed me was the drops we saw from Courtney Davis. You know, I, I was not used to seeing that. We've seen him play better in the past. I think he just had a rough rough Saturday afternoon. And then I feel like Jamon Osben, you know, in the past I was not as hyped on him. But now I'm full, I'm all in on Jamon Osmond. I think he can do everything that you want from the wide receiver position. And I think it's important that we get him going early on. And like we've been saying throughout this podcast, whatever we can do to get Kelly uncomfortable. Because once he's comfortable, this offense is better. And I think Jamon Osmond, I mean – they they played together at uh, IMG, right? Yeah, Jermyn yeah, Osmond and yeah. Kalimun get them going early, and I think they'll be more comfortable.
2: Yeah, the um. Well, I was gonna say I I think that in the game against Clemson, every aspect of the offense had a major struggle moment, and there was the same from Kellen. There was the same from receivers. Mm. Running backs did the same thing for the most part. But then the offensive line also didn't have a great game either. Like if you think like the edges were were just punished mm-hmm. all, all day. Uh, Carson Green, I saw Carson Green get beat at least three times. Yeah. Uh, Dan Moore, I saw him get, get beat a couple of times as well. I mean, given those guys, you know, Xavier Thomas is a monster. I mean, that guy is yeah. that guy's a you know he's gonna be an NFL draft pick. Yeah. But you know that's gonna be coming out. That's gonna be coming all season. So you gotta be able to protect your quarterback as well. Um, I think. You know, Jimbo, what he, what he, you know, what he emphasized in his, in his press conference on Monday it was like, you know, we were, we were just a few plays away. We lacked consistency, and I think that's what we need to see the most. Is just we need to see an equal amount of consistency every single game. Get settled in there, be able to make the right plays, the right play calls. Mm-hmm. If you need to be able to, I would like to see Kalamon roll out more. Yes. I would like to see him roll out more as well. I mm-hmm. think that's the game. You know, that was a, something that we saw against Texas State that worked like you know beautifully. I mean, he's able to throw on a rope. Mm. Um, that was a confident pass. He was in his, you know, Mond was in his element. So, you know, I don't, I don't place all of this on Mond either. I think every aspect of the offense, as I said earlier, struggled. Yeah. So we'll have to see. I, I think that, you know, I think as long as they can protect him. As long as the offensive line can protect him, as long as uh, Isaiah Spiller is uh, you know able to do things smoothly, uh, and the receivers are not dropping passes, you got a really good offense here. Yeah. So going forward, I think, and the defense, I think, as long as the offense is you know ha- has a you know a big time of possession. I mean, don't be afraid to let plays go ten or eleven plays long, but you just you better score on those plays. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well. With everything that went wrong against Clemson, I think it's important for the team and the fan base to realize we did have to go to uh, the number one team in the nation at their house. We Still only, a lost, to we a 10 only game. lost by, by 14. Um, obviously, it was, it was not A&M's best day. But if you want to look at it, this was a loss that in many ways A&M could afford. It was... Uh, an out-of-conference game. It was a big test for the team. It showed where we need to improve, and uh, I think it, uh, it it's a good place for us to uh, take a step back, look at what we need to improve, and now we step forward into Lamar, and I want to know y'all's opinions and thoughts on the upcoming game. We were
1: talking about it before the podcast. Lamar's rush offense and the, their quarterback either, like Brian was saying, either runs or passes. He's going to be dimensional. He's capable of both, but he's more likely going to be one-dimensional. I think what I'm excited to see is how well our rush rush defense competes against a team that's more of a rush offense. Even though Lamar, we kind of know what to expect this weekend. We expect to have a win in the win column. But I think that'll be another true... Testament of just how good our rush defense is. They played well against Clemson. They played well against Texas State. I'm excited to see just how well they'll play against Lamar.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was just going to – I will just emphasize what he – you know, what Alec just said in the fact that this is a – you know, Jordan Hoy, their starting quarterback, this guy is the the definition of a dual-threat quarterback. This guy loves to run. Um, he'll he'll pass because, you know, he's a quarterback and he has to pass. But mm-hmm. it's either he's either one dimensional in the fact that he is he'll do he'll do well in one or the other. You won't get both. You won't. I mean, he he hasn't he hasn't done well in, in, in the passing game this mm-hmm. year, except for the game against a division two opponent. You know, I don't count that. You know, yeah. there's another there's no way, I mean, you compare that to AM secondary. It's just not gonna be there's no comparison. Um and I mean the game against Mississippi Valley State last year, I, I, last week I don't even think he threw a touchdown. I and mean, Mississippi uh, Valley State—that's a game that—that's a team that finished one and ten last year. Yeah. In in the SWAC, so <laughs> you know it's it's <laughs> in the SWAC. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like you know, um, <laughs> I don't I don't have a lot of expectations yeah. for this offense other than that. I mean, Miles Wanzes is their, is you know, leading rusher the past two years. Uh, that guy, even you know. Honestly, barely gets the ball like he should. Mm. I think he's a talented guy, but you know isn't able to get the ball as much because the quarterback's always running out. So, um, I mean, the offensive line yeah. is extremely undersized compared to our offensive line, if that indicates anything. About uh, about seventeen pounds and like three or four <laughs> inches, uh, two or three actually somewhere between
1: two to like three it, four inches i, think I don't know. we do have a massive defense yeah game. i think i think that's yeah. that's, that's something that's
2: and that's that's big because i mean auburn auburn is a is it does really well on the on the rushing end as well next week so this is all just a tune-up for auburn i mean yeah. let's just think about it and that that's the way i think of this game uh this is all a prep for Auburn. and the
1: way that tess to stayed with a tune-up for clemson this is almost like a tune-up this game. exactly yeah.
0: and uh i mentioned it a lot in my uh five things to watch for during the a lamar game uh, article. Uh, a big theme of it was confidence. And I think you're going to see this be an opportunity for confidence to build on all sides of the ball and throughout all units of the team. Uh, I said Kellen Mond, uh, you know, obviously he had his struggles this past weekend. This is going to be a game for him to get that confidence back. He's going to get Auburn uh, in the next week at home. So, it's a big opportunity for him. It's a big opportunity for Isaiah Spiller mm-hmm. to go in there and uh, really establish himself as the premier back for this university. Mm-hmm. It's a chance for the secondary to in, to uh, further that improvement. In fact, if uh, the Lamar quarterback truly is one-dimensional and... Uh, I would I would prefer him actually to have a game in the air, yeah. Because I would like effects. to I would like to put that secondary through that test. Because mm. I truly believe that the run side of the defense, I Is think set. that uh, I, I think we're pretty set. So, uh, you know, kind of test the experience of the secondary and let them get a few more interceptions, a few more a few more big plays. That's what I'd love <laughs> to see out of that unit. Um, in terms of uh we saw A and M this past weekend suffer a lot of injuries, obviously anywhere ranging from minor to severe with Deshaun Corbin being out for the season. To just like we saw Kellen limping around in the second half or uh Justin Matabike going down or mm. uh Jalen Peavy. I mean you see uh you you saw a lot of injuries and I think that uh it'll be a chance for these players to kinda in many ways uh Get on the field, get good time, uh, go in there, put uh, big plays, big scores on uh, the opposing defense and the opposing offense as well, and go in there and uh, maybe be able to get a little rest after mm-hmm. that. I don't think it should come as a shock to anybody to see uh, Jimbo possibly pull a lot of these starters come uh, the second half if we're uh, beating them the way that you know we expect. Yeah, I'm with you.
2: Um overall, this game, the biggest theme of this game is, you know, how is Isaiah Spiller going to be getting used to those first team reps? I think that's the biggest, that is the biggest part of this to me. How The biggest thing to look for. Yeah, this is the biggest thing to look for, obviously. I, I think, you know, this is going to be a huge part of how this offense works. Mm. You know, it, it has been. It was last year. And it's, you know, it's going to be a big thing. And I think just Isaiah like,
1: Spiller, you know, we've liked what we've seen from him in flashes. We've heard yeah. a lot. And I think his name just sounds like a college starting right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Spiller for a touchdown. I mean, I can see it. <laughs> I, I'm with it. I, I like what we've seen from him. And I think this will be a good primer. Get him comfortable. Get him used to making big plays. So when he goes against Sovereign, it'll be more likely. Yeah.
0: All right. And like I was uh no game should be overlooked, and I don't think that Jimbo views it that way. Um, it's going to be a big test for this team to go in, uh, regain that confidence, and hopefully it's a it sets a good precedent going on into conference play in two weeks.
1: All right. Score predictions, anybody? Um, I'll go uh, first if you want. Probably 66-10 uh, like, or something like that. 66-10. I'm going go to 3. I'm gonna go 56-3. I'm going to go 59-10. Alright, we got the Aggies winning this weekend here in Kyle Field against Lamar. And I think the you know, I think the line is like
2: forty three and a half. That's uh that's what I checked. That's what the, that's what I checked on uh. I'm going with VN. the over.
1: I'm going with the over. I think I might be going with the over here as well. So right. we're excited about this weekend, Texas Aggie football.
2: The year two podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Hidden Creek RV Resort at 5780 State Highway 21 East in Bryan. Escape the ordinary at Hidden Creek RV Resort where they provide guests with all of the amenities you'll need to enjoy a truly luxurious RV resort experience. From their, from their resort style pool to their cabins, they provide guests with a stay that is anything but ordinary. To learn more, visit HiddenCreekRV.com or call them at 979-778-1200.
0: All right. Well, thank y'all for joining us this week, and catch us next week. Y'all have a great, a great week, Giga Maggie's appreciate you.